This is the Sales Named Lab, Season 1, Episode 7. The world of sales is rapidly changing. A new sales approach is needed. This is the Sales Enablement Lab. Discussing practical ideas you can leverage in your day-to-day activities to increase sales, enhance productivity, and drive incremental growth. Enabling sales conversations that matter. Here is your host... Thank you all for tuning in again to the Sales Name It Lab podcast. With me here today is Dave Brock, who is the president of Partners in Excellence. Welcome, Dave. Well, thanks for the invitation, Terry. I'm, I'm really excited about our, our discussion today, and it's it's really, I'm flattered and honored to be, uh, that you invited me to be part of your podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Dave, I think we came across each other probably like two or three years ago, right? I think uh, we were both attending uh, some of the same uh, conferences. Um, as I said during the introduction, you're the president of Partners in Excellence. Um, what is it you do and, and what is it your company does? We're a, a boutique consulting company. I started it uh, about uh, 1991, 92. Today, there are about 15 of us worldwide. And we focus, I, I, I call it, on the customer-facing side of organizations. So it really is looking at what's our business strategy, how do we go to market, how do we want to engage customers, and then consequently we get involved in a lot of, you know, direct sales kinds of things, How you know, what's the right deployment strategy, how do we reach our customers most effectively, how do we create value for them, a lot of marketing and a lot of kind of customer service types of things. So, and our target, our, our typical clients are, it's kind of a bimodal distribution, it's, it's largely global 500 and heavily biased to global 500 technology organizations. And then kind of the, the other extreme is, is a lot of uh, high technology uh, startup or early stage companies. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, the, the question we always start off with, Dave, is um, the definition of sales enablement for kind of like everyone who joins as a, uh, as a co-host, right? It's, it's still very much a evolving, uh, evolving field. What is your definition and, and what is it you hear from your customers at the moment? How do people now describe sales enablement as a function? Yeah, I think that's a real important kind of grounding. I think if you have 10 people in a room and ask them what sales enablement is, you'll get 15 definitions. Um, And and to us, the, the sales enablement function incorporates all the, the things that, that really enable um, a salesperson to optimize their performance and their ability to connect with customers both effectively and efficiently. So when you look at it, you know, a lot of companies tend to think of sales enablement as a variant of, of sales training. Yeah. And sales training is certainly a component of it, but you have to look at kind of the systems, the processes, the tools, and, and how all those things fit together in kind of a holistic fashion. And then you have to look at, you know, what sales enablement executives have to really care about is say, how do we provide systems, tools, training, 
um, coaching development and all those sorts of things that enable our salespeople to execute our company's strategy in front of the customers most effectively and, and, and efficiently. So we see, you know, people, sales management executives involved with what the systems we're using, mm-hmm. what our processes for using it. We see in some areas, which I think is emerging in importance, what are the competencies? How do we define the competencies and how do we define competencies maybe at, at stages in a, a, a professional's career, for instance, what competencies are we looking at in recruiting at the end of an onboarding process a, a year into a, a, a salesperson's um, um, uh, professional development, two years, so on and so forth, so that we can have this path of you know, constantly improving performance both in the current job, but developing them to contribute at higher levels in the organization. Mm -hmm. So those are areas that we see increasingly sales enablement executives get into. Uh, Just in fact, two days ago, I had breakfast with uh, uh, sales and uh, actually the executive vice president of sales operations for a very large industrial company. And, you know, the sales enablement function becomes kind of his critical um, organization for, um, he defines it as effectiveness first and then efficiency. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it, I definitely feel it's, it's, it's very rapidly maturing at the moment, right? And what I very much like in the description you just um, um, shared, right, is, is that whole holistic approach around uh, the selling system. I think that's such a crucial component right is to really think about it not as training but really thinking about it holistically what are the tools what are the processes what are the resources you need to really drive this basically as an integrated um, system Um, yeah if you don't mind me interrupting there for a moment because i think this is really important is i think a lot of the challenges that we've had in kind of uh, continually improving sales performance continually improving sales effectiveness is that we treat it in isolation. So, for instance, we do a sales training event, and then, you know, the next week they go back and do their jobs. And so we haven't integrated what we're trying to do with sales training into the overall strategy, into the tools, into the reinforcement that that managers have to do on an ongoing basis. And, you know, we've done that with a lot of aspects, whether it's the tools and so on. We tend to treat them in isolation. And so they never stick as well as they they should, or we never get the, the really outcomes we should expect because we aren't treating this holistically. Yeah. So I think, you know, as people start looking at this, the holistic or kind of a systems thinking approach around sales performance management and sales effectiveness is really critical. Absolutely. No, cannot agree. I cannot agree more. Part of that system is coaching, right? One of the things we wanted to explore um, today on this um, um, on this podcast. Um, you're extremely passionate about coaching, Dave. I, I recently read some some of your blog posts, which uh, are very much around that um, uh, that topic. The same challenge with sales enablement. Uh, there, there are many many definitions out there of coaching and, and many uh, kind of like coaching activities, right? From deal coaching to opportunity coaching to pipeline coaching to strategy and 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 um, uh, coaching, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How how do you look at this whole coaching space, and and what are particularly the areas you typically focus on? 
Well, coaching, I think, is one of the most critical and and underappreciated um, areas in kind of uh, developing salespeople uh, or developing business professionals in the world. And I think there's been a lot of confusion, a lot of misunderstanding around coaching. What we tend to see first is a lot of managers don't know that their job is to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we a number of years ago did a survey and and asked. Uh, it was about uh, I'm trying to think about 600 sales managers. How frequently do you coach? And the surprising result that we got is uh, the majority of them coach once a month or less. Okay. Um, which is devastating. Um, and, you know, what, what we say is coaching is really, you know, how do I engage my salesperson in thinking about what they do and in, in, in taking responsibility for developing and continually improving and continually learning and continually improving their performance there. So, you know, coaching is not telling. Coaching is getting the person, engaging the person in conversations about how they do the job, what they do, yep. how they might uh, think differently about it, and how they might improve. Um, you know, so one is coaching is the man- every manager's job. It's the highest leverage use of a manager's time because if you think as a sales manager at any level, the way I get things done is through my people. And if my people Absolutely. aren't performing at the highest levels possible, then we aren't going to make our numbers or we aren't going to make our goals. So, so the question on that, Dave, is then why do you think that coaching is not happening? Is it because they don't see that's part of their job? And do they think, well, we hired you to do this job, so... Just go and do that job, or is I, I, th- it, I think yeah. it's I think it's several factors. One is uh, they don't know it's their job, uh, and I think it's probably because they, you know, many many salespeople weren't coached very well or at all themselves. Exactly. So when they move into a sales management job, they don't know that coaching is part of their job. Two is they don't know how to coach. Uh, and they've never been trained on that, which is a huge, huge issue. Three is they can't find the time to coach. You know, they they get all bogged down in the task of managing and, and, and working with the sales organization or working within the organization, and they think coaching is something separate that I do, and it's always the thing that gets deprioritized and pushed back and pushed back and ultimately never done. You know, so there are those three issues, you know, uh, coaching is part of your job. How do you coach effectively, and how do you integrate it into your day-to-day um, uh, work process? Okay. So, who typically engages with you to to get that coaching started? Is it the individuals reaching out to you and, and asking for help? Is it the management saying there is a challenge? We don't know what it is, but Dave, can you come in and, and can you provide some coaching? Um, how, how does that typically happen? Yeah, well, let me first uh, I'll define things a little further to separate it. There is a huge kind of coaching industry, and we participate in, in part of it. Is, is For instance, we have executives, uh, top uh, sales uh, executives, CEOs of organizations that hire us to be coaches and mentors to them. So I want to separate that kind of coaching as an industry or business to help individuals out from this discussion. What I really want to do is focus on 
what's the role of the manager in maximizing yep. the performance of their, their, their people, and that's through coaching. Okay. And, and so, so the way we get engaged with customers on that side of the equation is we really want to help them understand the importance of that, then help them put in the tools, the processes, even train them in how to do that. So, um, you know, yesterday, for instance, I was in the eastern part of the U.S. with a, a very large organization, and we're trying to get managers to understand how do we uh, conduct effective pipeline reviews so we manage the business side of the organization, but how do we integrate coaching into that? And we're into a series where I'd given them some training on it. Now I sat as kind of an observer in their pipeline review sessions uh, and watched how they coached, how they conducted the sessions and how they coached their people. And after each session, I'd be spending about 15 minutes with them, coaching them on how they might have been more effective in it. Okay. And, and so when you go for these sessions, what are typically the things you focus on and you pick up on? Well, I think one is, 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 is what's the most effective way of coaching? And, and, and I think a lot of people mistakenly think that coaching is all about telling the salesperson what to do. Mm -hmm. And the most effective coaching is really helping the person discover what to do. You know, so, so if I'm sitting with a, a salesperson, say, doing a deal review, what I want to do is I, I want to say, you know, I, I want to see, you know, make sure they're leveraging the sales process, that they're thinking critically about developing their strategy, that they're thinking about, you know, how do we do things like maximize our ability to win, compress our sales cycle, maximize the value we create, uh, and, and, and those kinds of things. So typically what you want to get people to do is say, coaching is how do we get our people to think. And so technique-wise, you start thinking the most effective coaching is probably non-directive coaching. Okay. And non-directive coaching is really one of, of maybe probing and asking questions, getting people to consider alternatives. Okay. You know, the directive coaching is, is kind of the opposite. It's more kind of telling. And there is a place at, in certain situations where directive coaching is most effective. So we work with people to, to say, what are the right coaching techniques? The other thing that we work with people on is to be very clear about the objectives of what they're trying to do and how to integrate coaching into that. So, for instance, um, I would say probably 97% of every pipeline review I've ever sat in, and I've sat in literally thousands of them, end up becoming deal reviews. And that's because we aren't clear of, about the review process. We aren't clear that a pipeline review has very distinct and different objectives than a deal review, than a territory review, than a sales call review, and so on and so forth. So what we try and do to maximize coaching effectiveness is we try and say, separate these moments out. 
you know, so I may sit down with the person for an hour, um, you know, doing our weekly one-on-ones. And so maybe in half an hour of that, I want to focus on doing a deal review. So I focus on that and do it very well, and I coach to the deal. I may want to spend 15 minutes doing a mm-hmm. pipeline update. You know, so I focus on the pipeline and the issues in coaching the pipeline. And then I may want to spend another 15 minutes on things like prospecting or things like that. But, you know, first we we – get them to think clearly what they're trying to do and how they optimize the coaching for that. The underlying process is similar, but the questions and things you ask, the way you get somebody to think and and develop in deal reviews is different than a pipeline review. Okay. So, so when you, so let's take an example of a, of a deal review. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some of the questions you ask during that to, really help the salesperson to understand if the opportunity is really there? What what kind of questions do you ask? Well, I think one is you have to say, uh, whether you're doing deal reviews, pipeline reviews, and so on, there's a general process that you have to do to be effective, both from a business management point of view and from a, a coaching point of view. So one is there's a certain amount of preparation that you have to do for the coaching set, mm-hmm. for, for the review. There's conducting the review. There's agreeing on next steps and actions to be taken as a consequence of the review. And then there's follow-up. And those four things have to be done together. If you miss any of those four things, then you've diminished the effectiveness of coaching really well. So, so doing a deal review. So, for instance, if I'm doing a deal review, um, I'm, going to say, I'm going to say to the salesperson, here's the deal I want to review t- today when we sit down. Mm-hmm. Five minutes before the salesperson walks in, I'm going to look at the CRM record. So if it's Salesforce, for instance, I'll go in and look at the deal on Salesforce. And what I want to do is, is kind of get a general idea of what's happened. You know, when I sit in a lot of deal reviews, say it's a half-hour deal review, most of the time people spend 20 minutes saying, here's what's happened in the past, and they only spend 10 minutes saying, what are we going to do about it? We need to invert that. We need to say, you know, let's spend five, 10 minutes, you know, framing where we're at, mm-hmm. and then, you know, 20, 25 minutes saying what, thinking about what are we going to do about that. So if you spend five minutes preparing beforehand, just looking quickly at, you know, what's happened, looking at CRM, the notes and so on, where are we in the sales process, um, uh, um, you know, what's happened, who's the competition, what's gone on, so on and so forth. So now you're prepared and you can start focusing more on, on the content of things. When we actually start conducting the review, the first thing I want to do is I want to validate one that the, the the person is using the sales process and where we are in the sales or buying process. So I'll ask a few questions and, and our sales process provides the, the, the guide for um, uh, the questions that we might ask. So if, 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 you know, we have a qualified opportunity, but we're early in the deal, say maybe in the discovery process, well, I know in the discovery process, I have to learn what are the business drivers? Mm-hmm. You know, why is the customer trying to make this change? What's the reason bef- behind it? What's the sense of urgency? Yep. Uh, those kinds of things. Who else involved in this? You know, so I wanted, uh, you know, checkpoint where the salesperson is on that. And, and I use my sales process as the questions as helping me frame the questions and then I 
depending on the responses, I drill down. So what I'm doing here is a couple of things. One is because as a manager, I'm using the sales process, I'm reinforcing the importance of that. And, and I'm reinforcing kind of just in my behavior, the importance of the salesperson using the sales process. And I frame the discussion in that context. So one is, so we start validating, are we where we think we are? You know, it is and again, yesterday I was in a, a number of sessions and where we were doing deal reviews, and there was a couple of sessions that people said, we're in, we're in the proposal phase of the sales process, you know, and, and, and here's what we're needing to do. And then I started asking them questions, and they said, well, you know, what's the compelling event? Who all's involved in the decision? And so on. And, and what they were confused about is just because they'd submitted a preliminary proposal didn't mean that they were actually in the proposing phase of the sales process you know so then we start coaching them well you're missing a, you haven't done the right amount of discovery you know what are the things that you want to know to make sure that you're presenting the right proposal what are the yeah. things you want to know to make sure you're presenting a winning proposal that you're really helping solve the customer's problems so we actually you know made them realize aha we're not in the proposing phase we're still in the discovery phase we need to do some things you know and 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 so we use that as as part of the discussion, at the end of that discussion, we get into, okay, what am I going to do about it? So it's typically, what am I going to do next with who and what, by what date? You know, so we get to the third phase of effective coaching. You know, I've prepared, I've had a discussion to help them think about what they're doing and whether they're doing it as effectively as possible. And we agree on the things that they need to do for the next step, for instance, to move this deal through uh, the, the selling or buying process to improve their ability to win the deal, mm-hmm. we agree on those, and they're 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 critical elements. It's 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 what we're doing with who, and it could be with the customer, it could be with internal people as we're looking to prepare for something, or what, or it could be with a business partner, say a channel partner. And when are we going to do this? By these things have to be time bound. Um, you know, and so we agree with that in the in the coaching process itself. You know, to reinforce the discipline and the accountability of it, and also to leverage the system, is you actually have the salesperson create those as activities or next steps or whatever it is in in um, in the CRM system. So if, if we're using Salesforce as an example, is they actually create activities or meetings or whatever as next steps based on what we agree on in the coaching process. So now that makes the fourth and most critical thing, follow-up, very, very easy. You know, once they've entered those into CRM, then I can go in and say, um, um, and, and track, did they get this accomplished? I might pick up the phone and say, oh, you had this critical meeting. How did it go? And I might start coaching them further. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- even if we don't have a CRM system, I, I've discovered this marvelous little trick in Outlook is, is, for instance, maybe I'm coaching you on a deal and we agree that you're going to get something done by next Thursday, say a meeting with a customer. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a note immediately after our, our session today, and I'm going to schedule it for delivery Thursday night saying, Terry, how did it go? Absolutely. 
Oh, okay. So you, and, you, you and prepare so, and, it and you schedule it at a certain date, basically. Yeah, so now I don't have to remember that, yep. but now I'm doing the follow-up, and, and, you know, I copy myself on it, and I copy the person. So now it's, it's what we're doing is we're closing the loop, because if we don't close the loop to see what worked, what do, didn't work, we don't know the next step to go in helping people develop. Ah, so, again, I think as you look at whether you're coaching a deal, whether you're coaching a pipeline, whether you're coaching an account, a territory, whatever, you have those four critical elements. Prepare, conduct the, the meeting, conduct mm-hmm. the session, and be very focused on the objectives because, again, the objective of a deal review is different than a pipeline review. Absolutely. Agree on next steps, and those steps have to be very specific and time-bound and follow-up. And if you start doing that very, very consistently, you'll be amazed at how rapidly you can drive performance. Absolutely. Well, that's a that's a great four-step process, um, uh, Dave, um, and and I think that's extremely powerful. Obviously, at some stage, your kind of like a, a, a job is done, and 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 you want to move, you want to you want to transition that coaching to the frontline sales managers. So, how do we get them? ready for that job right because one of the challenges i very often see is they kind of see it as an additional task right so the, the pushback you often get is i don't have the time for that i don't have the skills for that i don't uh, and, and sometimes even i don't think that's my job so so how do you help them to make this part of their dna okay okay so so you know so we have that process and the way we as as say outside consultants do this is is one is you know, we, we work with executive management to say, you know, if they aren't committed to coaching as the highest leverage activity they personally can do with maybe their subordinate managers and throughout the organization, then, you know, we're wasting our time and we won't even do the project. Um, you know, so we have to get an organizational commitment that coaching is critical. It's uh, probably the most important job um, of everybody. So, sales executives have to coach their subordinate managers who have to coach their subordinate managers who have to coach their team people. So we get that as a precondition to success. Then we start doing a lot of training with people around the various aspects of coaching. How do you coach deals? How do you coach pipelines? What are coaching techniques, directive versus non-directive, so on and so forth. We do workshops where we model and role play that and so on. And Mm -hmm. then we actually, you know, and then what we may do is kind of uh, a watch me, do it with me, I watch you and coach you kind of process. So I may go into an organization and I may do a whole series of deal reviews with the manager watching me do that uh, and, and observing and learning. The next deal review, series of deal reviews will do that collaboratively so yep. that, that we, can, he can, we can learn from each other. Then the third time... Um, conceptually is what we'll do is is this in what I was doing in in these sessions the last few days was um, I was observing the managers coach um, in what they were doing and then after each session we'd spend again 10-15 minutes with me coaching them how they can, can improve and be effective so we start building it into the DNA and so on there's some important elements here is one 
coaching is not separate from anything else you do. Mm-hmm. It has to be embedded into your day-to-day activities. So if I look at it as a sales manager, how am I spending my time? Well, I'm spending my time doing deal reviews. I'm spending my time doing pipeline reviews and so on and so forth. The business management of the piece of that. So now we say, how do you accomplish the business management objectives? For instance, how do you know your people have healthy pipelines, which is a business management objective? Um, you know, so how do I embed coaching into that pipeline yep. review where I have a business management objective, but I want to develop develop people in their own ability to analyze their pipelines, you know, work with their pipelines and maintain healthy pipelines. So we we constantly say coaching is not separate from everything you do. It is absolutely integrated. And there are a couple of things critical about that. One is if you integrate it into your business management process, then it's it's not something that's separate, so it's not something that's never done. It's just something that becomes habit. Two is coaching is most effective when it's really timely. So it's not helpful for me to do uh, coach a call that somebody has made, you know, talk to them about um, um, how did the call go, how could you have been more effective, and so on and so forth. It's not really useful for me to do that two months after they made the call. No. You know, what, ideally what I want to do is I want to coach them on it, you know, within a day of them making the call because there it's fresh in their memory and there they're trying to figure out what to do next. So, I, you know, if you're integrating that into your business management process, you're going to make the coaching much more timely, consequently much more impactful and then you're going to accelerate the, the people development process. So, so I think what you're saying, Dave, right? It's it's all about creating those those coaching moments, right? And, and, and really it's identifying it. that, and and it's identifying, you know. So one is again, look at what we do as managers every day with our people, and integrate coaching into that, and then find the coaching opportunities. You know, a lot of times people think of coaching as correcting poor uh, performance or poor behaviors, but actually coaching is is more impactful when you find people doing things right. Yeah. And you reinforce that, say, gee, what you're doing on this deal strategy is exactly right on. You know, how do we stretch at the next point? Or even walking down the hall and say, you know, that presentation I saw you do at the customer uh, earlier this morning was just right on, you know, and, you know, how might you have sharpened it up a little bit, but, you know, find people doing things right, reinforce that they're doing things right, and say, you know, what's the next turn of the crank? Absolutely. Well, thank you for um, sharing a tremendous amount of knowledge, Dave. Um, Maybe as a wrap up, do you have three practical tips you can share with people who are thinking about building a coaching program. I know it's a very hot topic. We get a lot of questions um, uh, around that. Um, There are a lot of practitioners out there trying to build a program around that. So do you have have maybe like three practical tips on how people can start with this? Well, I'll give you four. So so one, the, 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 the first tip is make sure everybody in the organization understands coaching is the highest leverage 
of use of their time. Our job as managers is to get each of our people to perform at the highest levels possible. And the way you do that is you do that through coaching and development. Okay. So one, there has to be a commitment. In fact, uh, it has to be a mandatory part of your job. Two is teach people how to coach. So, you know, some of these things about every coaching session always has to have the preparation, the coaching session itself, the agreement on, on next steps, and then the follow-up. So teach people that methodology, but teach that specific to different kind of you know scenarios, whether it's pipeline reviews, deal reviews, account reviews, those, so on and so forth. Get into the regular rhythm of that. Um, Three is is managers, senior. This isn't just a first line manager working with with their salespeople. It's a sales exec or it's a CEO coaching her EVP of sales. It's an EVP of sales coaching his vice president of sales enablement, his regional vice president, and so on and so forth. It's a regional vice president coaching her. Um, uh, first-line sales managers. So we have to establish that coaching mentality and mm-hmm. leverage the tools is, is part of the third thing as well. Leverage the tools. So things like, you know, leveraging your CRM system to say, you know, how do I leverage that to help me prepare? Um, how do I leverage that to uh, to help me conduct a session? You know, our sales process is the cornerstone for any deal review, or in our sales process is the cornerstone for any pipeline review. So how do I reinforce, leverage those both to reinforce the use of the sales process, but to drive integrity in what we're doing? Um, you know, so leverage the tools, the sales process, the CRM, so on and so forth. You use CRM, for instance, you know, for to monitor the follow-up. You know, what are the next steps and, and monitor the follow-up. So that really does that. What you do is you find you create this rhythm, and in that rhythm you create very great efficiency in the sales process. So, for instance, you know, typically when I'm doing a pipeline review, most people when they do pipeline reviews, they may spend an hour, two hours, or whatever once you get this going, I can do a pipeline review in 15 minutes. Yeah. Or I, I did a pipeline review on a multi-billion dollar territory yesterday, and it actually took us 20 minutes to, to do the pipeline review. But it was because now we had this culture of what we accomplish, how we accomplish it, so everybody walks in prepared. So those are the three key things. The fourth, fourth thing, and this is a commercial advertisement, use organizations like ours to help you develop that, <laughs> help you accelerate your process for doing that. Absolutely. Well, and it can definitely help with the acceleration of the whole uh, process. Um, Dave, thank you so much. Um, you shared a, uh, a ton of information. So thank you so much for, um, for coming on the podcast, and I hope we can uh, invite you again in the future, maybe on a slightly different topic. Oh, it's a real privilege, and, and uh, you know, it, I so respect the work that you're doing, and so thank you for inviting me to do it, and I'd love to participate in some other sessions. Thank you, Dave. Um, well, that brings this week's show to a wrap. Thank you all for joining. Thank you all for uh, listening. Um, if you're enjoying this show and you're uh, listening to it through uh, iTunes or through the blog, then uh, please leave some uh, some feedback either in the uh, the iTunes feedback system or on the blog uh, online. Um, that will really help us to drive things to the next uh, level. We love hearing your uh, thoughts and your um, uh, and your feedback. Um, and maybe you want to be a co-host uh, on the next uh, show. So let us know, and um, I look forward to. Um, 
talking with you all again uh, next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Enablement Lab. To learn more about sales enablement and get more tips, news, and helpful ideas from Thierry and his co-hosts, head over to www.salesenablementlab.com and join the community. That's www.salesenablementlab.com. Enabling sales conversations that matter.